0: Speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we keep the feast of the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ in the temple, also known as Candlemas. Now we have evidence that our brothers and sisters uh, in the church, those who stayed close to Jesus, marked this festival day of the Christ child being presented in the temple as early as the fourth century in Jerusalem. So we continue a practice that's been going on for about 1700 years. The liturgical celebration included candles, fitting in the time of Epiphany, and of course grounded in Simeon's recognition that in the person of Jesus is the light of the world. So the faithful would bring handheld candles to the church or perhaps be provided them, I don't know how that happened, but there were little candles, and they'd be blessed by the priest or the bishop and then taken home and used by the faithful any time they needed to be reminded of Jesus, the light of the world. When they were ill, facing some adversity, and even as they lay uh, were in great weakness, lying on their deathbed, the, the candle that had been blessed would be uh, taken out of the shelf and lit And as things developed, it became customary uh, for the church to bless all of the beeswax candles that were to be used for the liturgical celebrations in the year to come. Hence, the mass of candles, candlemas, uh, the blessing of the church's candles. And I know that's exactly why you all came to church this morning, uh, to understand what candlemas means. In Jesus's day... A devout Jewish family would make their way to the temple, which was understood, remember, to be the very dwelling place of God, the place where heaven and earth came together. They would go there after a birth, a devout family, for a rite of purification, according to the law, for the mother, and for the presentation of the newborn child, to dedicate this child to God. And we know Mary and Joseph were devout. They were devout Jews. So it's no surprise to find them taking their newborn son up to Jerusalem for these rites of purification and dedication. And part of this ritual uh, involves sacrifice. Sacrifice for the expiation of sin. So ritual offering to cleanse the heart, to offer something so that we could be renewed in our relationship to God. So the affluent would bring a lamb. The poor could use a couple of pigeons instead. Either way, the practice of sacrifice was part of the temple's system of purification, of dedication, and a means to be restored to God. Now Mary and Joseph uh, were not affluent, so they bring the Son of God into his temple with two pigeons. What a God we worship! A God who takes on our flesh and enters into his temple as a 40 day old infant who needs to be held in his mother's arms while his dad Joseph holds the offering of the poor, two pigeons. Our God enters into the vulnerabilities of what it is to be human. And in Luke's story, we meet two holy people, Anna and Simeon. They're in the temple. They're righteous. They're looking for God's consolation, for the redemption of Israel, that Israel's temple would once again become a light to all nations. And Anna and Simeon, as prophets... Well, they knew their scriptures well. They probably had the whole Old Testament, as we know it, memorized. So they knew uh, the great prophet Ezekiel. And Ezekiel had said that the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord had left the temple because of the sins of the nation. So Anna and Simeon longed for the restoration of God's glory that the temple might be a place of right praise so that this glory of the Lord might return. That's helpful to know that that's going on in Jesus' day, looking for the glory of the Lord to return to the temple. And it's Anna and Simeon, two ordinary people, two powerful saints of God, they committed themselves to offering right praise, committed themselves to study and prayer, goodness, and mercy, they remembered that Israel was meant to be a light, not just for themselves, but a light to the whole world, to the Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit told Simeon that he wouldn't die before he saw that glory restored, the Messiah, the one coming to restore the glory of God to the temple and make Israel light to the nations again. I like to think that Anna and Simeon both had 2020 spiritual vision, through their commitment, through their devotion, they could see things that others might not yet see. To others around the temple, they saw a poor husband and a wife and an infant doing what they were meant to do. But Anna and Simeon were different. What they saw was God's glory returning to the temple. In the presence of this Christ child, they saw the one whom John the Baptist will call the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. See, the one who is the redemptive sacrifice comes into the temple to put an end to the sacrificial system itself because he has the power to create in us clean hearts. The story of the presentation of Jesus in the temple is about glory and sacrifice. Here is the one presented in the temple today who is the glory of God in human flesh. That's the mystery at the heart of our faith. That's what we gathered in this place at Christmas to announce and celebrate. God in the flesh. That God's become one of us to bring us back to right relationship with God and each other. God's taken on our flesh so that we can make our way back to our homeland, which is in the very heart of the Holy Trinity. We're brought into that love in baptism. We're brought into that love as we feed on Christ in the great sacrament of his body and blood, the ultimate sacrifice of love poured out for us and for all. As we read in scripture, no greater love exists than to lay down one's life for his friends. Our God has laid it all down for us and for our salvation. John's gospel holds together sacrifice and glory very clearly when we see that Jesus's moment of glory is that moment of sacrifice when he's lifted up on the cross in John's gospel is the moment of glory. That's where we see his redemptive sacrificial love, his outstretched arms as the salvation of the world. That's the love that can create in us a clean heart. This is the sacrifice and the glory that can save us. Friends, as we learn to put our faith, our trust in this Love and this redemptive work to make it the center of our lives, which is why we start our week here, Sunday, beginning of the week, to keep this at the center, this redemptive, outstretched love at the heart of our life. Through that gift, we can take responsibility for God with our lives by stretching out our hands in love as His light, that glory comes alive in us. That's how we become truly human. By staying close to him, allowing his life to fill ours so that we can shine with that radiance, with that glory, and offer ourselves a sacrifice of love. Today, at this altar, we offer our souls and bodies and it is Jesus himself who presents us to his Father in heaven. Gathered here at this altar, we come within his saving embrace. We're brought close, mysteriously close uh, to the fire of this redemptive love, to glory, to sacrifice. So pray with me that we catch the fire that the glory of the Lord comes alive in us, even today. And that from this place of glory, we learn to live as a sacrifice, pleasing to God, and become light to others. Friends, pray that the aroma of our lives is the fragrance of Christ, who is the sacrifice, who is the glory and who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen.